Cruise Radio is brought to you by InsureMyTrip.com. Travel insurance done right from the people who know travel insurance. Find out more at InsureMyTrip.com. You are listening to broadcasting from the InsureMyTrip.com mobile studios. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. If this is your first time listening, well, thank you so much for being here. And if you've been here before, well, welcome back, my friend. On this show, we're going to talk to Teresa Norton Masick. Yeah, she's the uh, cruise writer for TravelPulse.com and also the editor-in-chief of Vacation Agent Magazine. She just returned from Royal Caribbean's Quantum of the Seas from the shipyard over there in Germany. So we'll get a full report from her a little later on in the program. And also we have a listener question about tipping curbside porters at your cruise terminal. But first, Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy. What's up, Stuart? Hey, Doug. Hey, man. So uh, a couple of big things happening over the past week in the world of cruising. The first one, Norwegian Cruise Holdings is purchasing another cruise line. Talk to us about this first off. Well, uh, Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings, which is the parent company for Norwegian Cruise Line, uh, has agreed to purchase Prestige Cruises uh, Holdings, mm-hmm. which is the parent company of Region 7 Seas Cruises and Oceana Cruises. So it's, it's actually it's a very uh, interesting uh, transaction. It's three different companies that go after three different types of consumers, and they each operate very differently. So it's, a, it's an interesting combination because there's really no overlap uh, between the, the companies. Uh, what's interesting is, Doug, that uh, the two, two companies have actually, they're, they're kind of like stepsisters mm-hmm. <laughs> in the sense that um, Apollo, which owns 20% of Norwegian Cruise Line, also owns 59% of Prestige Cruise Holdings. Hmm. So it's, they're, they're kind of like uh, distant relatives. They've got the same, the same mother. Well, everyone's in the same bed pretty much. I mean, yeah. And so yeah. essentially they're bringing, they're, they're bringing the two companies uh, or actually you know, the, the, the three companies together, uh, adding uh, you know, some very well-known brands to the uh, Norwegian Cruise Line uh, stage. And uh, they agreed to do so at about $3.025 billion, <laughs> oh, wow. which uh, is a lot of money. But essentially what it's kind of like they're doing is, you know, here's a little bit of a cash down payment, and we're going to put the rest of it on a credit card. Uh, so essentially what they're going to be doing is they're going to use some of their existing cash that was raised uh, by previous stock offerings, which was to uh, use to uh, they, they raised the money to uh, offset uh, and pay down some of their higher interest debt, and then they're going to turn around and uh, they're going to sell about 20.3 million uh, shares, which is about 750 million dollars. So all this is good and all, Stuart. But what does this mean for like? What's the bottom line? What does this mean for consumers? Well, the good news is I don't think there's going to be any impact to consumers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a lot of cost savings for both Norwegian, but primarily for Regent and Oceana. But uh, hopefully, they're not going to be doing anything to uh, mess with the uh, current status of these uh, two very well-respected brands. Freestyle for everybody. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) What's in your cabin? Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Moving on here, Princess Cruises uh, recently revealed a trendy new nightclub that's going to be on Regal Princess. How trendy is this nightclub going to be? Well, I think it's going to be kind of like a... a rooftop bar in like New York or uh-huh. more like South Beach. Cool. And it's going to be at the retreat pool. Uh, they're going to call it the Night Sky Lounge. And, uh, you know, they're going to have DJs, glowing drinks, uh, you know, their furniture, you know, the jacuzzis will be going. 
and uh, they'll serve you know what they're calling uh, sophisticated cocktails, and uh, you know have bartending demonstrations, which I guess we don't see bartending demonstrations too often, and <laughs> and an opportunity to you know to dance and uh, you know have some bottle service uh, in the cabana. So it's a nice way to you know, utilize their facilities that they currently have on Regal. I think it'll be popular, and I think it'll move over to Royal. Um, but you know, as, as we're seeing a lot of the cruise lines. Um, trying to maximize the different venues, not only during the day, but also find uses for them at night. Looks like uh, some plans for a new cruise pier in Venice. Now, my question is, because we saw this on the news a couple of weeks ago, everyone's boycotting cruise ships in Venice, so how is this new pier going to come into play when everyone is still boycotting the big ships in there? What they're trying to do, and CLIA has been very active in trying to find a separate route. So essentially, the, there's a current route that they're trying to get the ships uh, to follow the paths that the cargo ships uh, make uh, on their approach into Venice. Okay. Uh, so that's that's essentially the same type of path, and as it gets closer to the Venetian coastline, uh, they'll make a, a, a beeline straight for the cruise terminals that are currently uh, in existence. So uh, it's, you know, let me, we'll, we'll kind of see what's happening, but you know, keep in mind that this is going to cost not only uh, Italy, but some of these other... Uh, Countries like you know Spain, you know hundreds of millions of dollars, if not billions of dollars, in lost revenue because the larger ships are uh, essentially not uh, able to get uh, you know to sail those itineraries. So it's it's going to be a big loss, and they're going to feel some big impacts in 2015. Okay, there you go. Now this is the interesting uh, Oasis of the Seas making its way to Europe as we speak, uh, but coming back next month. So why such a short Europe stint? Well, uh, long and short, Doug, she's going for dry dock. Oh, okay. Oh, there you go. So, uh, th- th- this is her first one, and the only one that could actually accommodate her uh, is in Rotterdam. Ah. So uh, she's going to be going out there for uh, some refurbishments, some updates, upgrades, a tummy tuck, and uh, she's going to come out uh, brand new. And, uh, you know, of course, there's a lot of people that are going to be looking forward to her resuming her service out of Fort Lauderdale. And speaking of Royal Caribbean, you just got back from Germany doing a shipyard visit for Quantum of the Seas. Uh, what's the latest over there? Well, Doug, uh, let me tell you, it was uh, quite a, quite exciting. Uh, not only did we get this chance to see Anthem of the Seas, which is now in uh, you know the hall being uh, assembled, uh, we saw Norwegian Escape as well, and then we went out to uh, we saw you know Quantum of the Seas, which. I, I think she's being uh, underreported in the sense that uh, she's so much more than what we already know. And the, the technology that they are integrating, you know, this is not, they're not inventing technology. They are integrating available technology, and it's just going to make the cruise experience so much better for the passengers. Passengers, Doug, before they arrive at the pier, they're going to do their online check-in. They're going to upload photos for their ID. Uh, and essentially what they're going to do is they're going to arrive at the pier, their passports will be swiped, and if that green light goes on, they're going right to the ship. Nice. So you get to skip the check-in counters. Uh, so it's, it's going to save a, a tremendous amount of, of wasted time, and when you arrive at the ship, you're going to get these RFID tags for your luggage. So on your smartphone, you're going to be able to check the whereabouts of your luggage, so you don't have to keep going back to the cabin to check whether or not your luggage is there. What are they going to come up with next? Stuart, we have a question for you about tipping the porters at the cruise pier. Uh, do you mind hanging on till the end? Absolutely. This is Cruise Radio.
And now, Jim Grace, CEO of InsureMyTrip.com, discusses lost baggage and how travel insurance can help. Yes, this happens. Bags do get lost. Here we pay airlines extra money to cover our bags for us, and unfortunately, they're just not that good at it. Bags do get lost. If you're concerned about losing your luggage, you want a policy with some sort of baggage delay protection. Most comprehensive plans at InsureMyTrip already include it. The intent of the coverage is to provide a per diem stipend to pay for essentials to get you through a day or two without your belongings. Also, a word of caution, never check valuables. It's much better to take them in your carry-on luggage, better safe than sorry. For more information on this travel insurance topic and others, visit insuremytrip.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. We'd love to hear your comments. Email comments at cruiseradio.net. Very happy to have our next guest with us. She is the editor-in-chief of Vacation Agent Magazine and cruise writer for TravelPulse.com, Teresa Norton-Massick. She just returned. A very cool trip, actually. She went over to Germany to spend some time with Royal Caribbean's upcoming Quantum of the Seas. And we'll talk all about that. Hey, Teresa. Hey, Doug. Glad to be with you again. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So set us up. What'd you do? Well, we flew over to Germany, to Poppenberg, Germany, to the Meyerwerft, is the shipyard that's building Quantum, Quantum of the Seas. It's about two months from completion. It'll be out in November. But what they say about this ship is practically everything on it is driven by the technology, the innovation, the use of technology to make some really cool features and things cruise passengers will really enjoy, I think. Well, you recently penned an article called The 10 Coolest Things on Quantum of the Seas. So I just want to bang through this article. And the first one you have looks really neat. Uh, It's uh, like part theater, part nightclub. It's called 270? Right, 270 degrees, which um, stands for, you know, the view of the wall of windows um, at the front of the ship. But the coolest thing about it is that all those windows, and you've probably seen those on some cruise ships. It's like floor to ceiling, Mm -hmm. you know, the panoramic view, the wall of windows. On this ship... Those windows will essentially get little video screens that come down, and that entire wall will turn into a video screen, um, and it will be showing what they call 8K um, theaters, or I'm sorry, 8K projectors. There will be 18 of them that will sort of overlap and turn the room into whatever they're trying to feature it be, whether it be an aquarium or a forest <laughs> or whatever. And those are wow. so high-definition projectors. Um, it's what they call ultra high definition. So it's like eight times as good as what you get on your HD TV at home. So I just thought that was kind of cool. It really will make you feel like you're somewhere else when you're sitting in there. There's also um, six 100-inch TV screens that are on these robotic arms. Uh, this ship is making a lot of use out of robotic arms, similar to what might be putting together cars in a, in a factory. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, that means they can move around in all directions. They can move together and separately. So just new technology to make cruise ship entertainment something something really new. We've, uh, we're 
We're also going to see virtual balconies on here. Now, is this an industry first? I know Disney has the virtual portholes, but is this the first time we're actually seeing virtual balconies on a cruise ship? I believe so, but the fact is is that Royal did already put this on the navigator of the seas, one of its existing ships, um, I think, to sort of try it out. But also, that ship went into a dry dock for a renovation, and they tried it out there. So on Quantum, you're going to have no fewer than 375 of these. That means if you're in an inside stateroom with no window, it's still going to look like you have a floor-to-ceiling sliding glass door Looking out, there's movie-quality video feed that will project exactly what you would be seeing if you did have a window in that room. So it's going to be in real time. Yes, real time. (laughs) And it looked completely realistic to me. So I think it'll make it a little more um, less claustrophobic being in an inside stateroom. They're also going to have RFID wristbands. And I found this neat because I recently went down to Walt Disney World and used their, um, I forgot what they're called, the smart passes they have that you put on your hand here, magic bands. And it looks like Royal Caribbean has their own version of magic bands. Yes, they're calling them wow bands because Royal Caribbean does like to wow its passengers. Um, The thing I like about them is that you can take them off because I find wristbands kind of annoying when I go to some resorts and, and events and those kind of things. Um, and if you want, you can still get the traditional card, the CPAS card, or you can get both. Because the C-bands are kind of cool for when you're going to the beach or something, and you don't want to leave your room key, um, you know, on the sand. You can wear this. They're waterproof. Wear them into the water. You can use them to open your stateroom door when you get back. You can use them to pay for a drink that you order. Um, so it's just an easy way. They're not going to use them to track you around the ship. You know, um, they, the executive said it's not a GPS system. They say um, it's just a chip that you know, will, will connect to your shipboard account. This next thing, Teresa, it looks very cool. In fact, it almost looks a little too scary to have at sea. It's called the North Star. <laughs> I know. It is, I'm not sure how I feel about it myself either. It's like um, it's essentially it's a pod, a glass pod that's being raised up the ship on this huge um, robotic arm. They call it like a crane arm. Um, it's kind of like a cherry picker. And the, the glass pod itself will carry about 15 people, and you stand in it. You don't sit down and, and you know, anything like that. Um, and it's for about a 20-minute ride, all told. <laughs> um, but it raises you about 300 feet above sea level. It's sort of like... It's not quite what you would call a thrill ride, but it's just like an attraction to see, you know, to view the ship from above, to view um, the water around you from above. And it's actually made by the people who make the ski lift gondolas in Switzerland. So that sort of tells you what kind of pod this is. Um, There'll be no charge to ride in it, um, but it will be one of those features, and there are many others on this ship, where you want to make reservations in advance. And the company has new ways to do that. They have um, something called Cruise Planner, where you can go on in advance and reserve a time. And on board, there's something called Royal IQ, which you can download as an app. And it's also available at kiosks on board. So you can go on there and figure out when you want to ride in the North Star and book a time. That is so cool. And like you were saying earlier, this ship is so full of technology. In fact, the next thing here just blows my mind for a cruise ship. Robotic bartenders. Right. And again, it's those robotic arms. Um, You know, they're not like humanoid. They don't look like little people walking around or rolling around the ship. Like like Rosie from the Jetsons? Exactly. (laughs) 
Um, so they are, again, they look like the things that, that, that build cars and build things in factories, little robotic arms. So, you know, it's, it's really kind of a gimmicky thing. They're going to have two in the bar that they call the Bionic Bar, um, and you can place your order with them through um, a computer tablet on your table. So, you know, it'll, it's one of those kind of fun things. It's cool to see them actually, you know, hold the, the shakers that they mix the drinks in. Um, so it's sort of one of those fun things. But, but You can't cry to the bartender? or <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You know, those late nights when you want to just unload all your, your problems and your feelings on a sympathetic bartender. Well, they won't do that. But if you look hard, I'm sure you can find someone on the ship. I have no emotions. So uh, let's put technology aside just for a minute here, because uh, I like this. They have uh, solo staterooms on here, it looks like. Yeah, and they really seem to be gaining a lot of popularity. I've written a story not too long ago about solo staterooms and which ships have them. And they're becoming more and more common, because it used to be, if you were traveling alone, um, you were essentially charged double what the average person was charged, because you were essentially taking up two spots in a stateroom designed for two people. But more and more, and it really got rolling. Um, traditionally, you found it a lot on the um, liners of, of older times. Um, but when the Norwegian Epic came out, it had a hundred what they called studio staterooms. And what's really good about Quantum of the Seas is it will have twelve single occupancy staterooms with balconies. Nice, because um, a lot of them tend to be like the least desirable staterooms. You know, the ones on the lowest decks with no windows. But on Quantum, and, and the one we saw had a really good-sized balcony. So, of course, there also are uh, 16 inside studios. Um, so you'll have your choice. But, um, you know, they're priced about right, so you won't be paying um, double, you know, to cruise in these staterooms by yourself. Um, they are small. They're about 100 square feet or so. But, you know, that should be enough for, for one person to, you know, travel quite comfortably. As this wasn't already uh, an amusement park at sea, they also have a C-Plex on here. Talk to us about that. Yeah, the C-Plex is pretty cool. It's sort of an inside entertainment recreation area. Uh, the coolest thing, they're going to have bumper cars, <laughs> which I think is a great idea. That sounds like a lot of fun to me. It's also going to be a place where you can go roller skating. They're also going to have circus-type lessons on a trapeze in there. Um, the DJ booth that they're going to have in there will float above the floor near the ceiling. So, you know, it'll be kind of cool, a lot of cool stuff in there. And again, no charge for the bumper cars um, or the trapeze lessons. They say they may offer extra, you know, premium kind of trapeze lessons and that type of thing that might carry a fee. So you'll have to look into that. But for the most part, they want all this stuff to remain free. They said extremely family friendly. And bumper cars is just fun for all ages, I think. I saw that photo of you in the bumper car. Was that, uh, <laughs> did you actually drive it or was that just a photo op? No, it was it was it was working. Awesome. I didn't drive it very far, but I did drive it around a little bit. This ship is like driving down International Drive on Orlando with the bumper cars and especially the next thing, the ripcord by iFly. And this is something that there are a few of them on land in certain places. It's essentially, let's see, it's a 28-foot tall curved glass enclosure. And when you go in there, there's wind blowing up about 125 miles per hour. And they say you're in there about a minute, and it feels like you're free-falling from an airplane. <laughs> so it's a simulated skydiving experience. You know, you have to undergo a little bit of training before you can go in there, you know, and you're wearing a helmet and things like that. Um, so it sounds like, you know, they want you to be safe. Um, 
but give you that experience like you're actually jumping out of an airplane, which sounds kind of cool. Again, no charge for this. Does sound really cool, but when are we going to go skydiving? I want to go skydiving. We've been talking about it for like three years. I never uh, could find anybody who would go, go with me, though. You tell me when you want to go, I'll be up there and go with you. All right. Compared to everything else, this next one isn't a big deal, but faster internet. Yes, and anybody who has ever taken a cruise know how frustrating it can be to pay money for Wi-Fi service and have it be interrupted, have it be slow, have it take forever, you know, not being able to connect at all. Now, Royal Caribbean has partnered with this company called O3B that specializes in bringing the Internet to very remote locations in the world. And a lot of cruise ships, when they're traveling, are considered remote locations. You know, they're in the middle of the ocean. So this company has satellites that beams the, the signal down to the cruise ships. Royal Caribbean says, and this is important, they say that the bandwidth will be greater than every other cruise ship on Earth combined right now. (laughs) Wow, that's very bold. It's very bold, and hopefully it will work as they promise. Um, And what's more, they say that the Internet packages with this new system will cost less, but will be, be, you know, so much faster. Hmm. Interesting. This next one here, Teresa, um, I'm going to have to see it for myself to believe it. It's uh, sidewalk to ship in 10 minutes. I don't think it's that that difficult of of a thing they're promising here because... As you know, many times we have to do a lot of the check-in ourselves in Mm -hmm. advance. Um, You know, we input all our information about our passport and our credit card information, and it's already in the the cruise line's computer system. And Royal Caribbean is fine-tuning that. Um, You can even upload your own photo to go on your security card, um, you know, so you don't have, they don't take it with that little camera, you know, after you've been traveling to the port and you arrive and you're all, hot and sweaty and <laughs> yeah, exactly. so you can do that and you you just input everything in advance and what that means is for most of us that's great um people who don't like filling in all these forms online or have a hard time dealing with that can still go to a regular check-in desk with a human person but um for most of us you know first of all you can put all this information in online essentially check in in advance you can plan your whole week if you want to, you know, when you want to do the skydiving simulator, which specialty restaurants you want to eat when. If you do all that in advance, they say you'll get the first day of vacation back. You'll get on the ship. You'll know from your RFID card or wristband when your luggage is in your room. Um, and you can just begin to relax and have fun the first day. You don't have to worry about making reservations if you do all this in advance. Very nice. Well, it sounds like the ship is packed full of technology. Uh, Teresa, we're coming up on a break, but what are your final thoughts of Royal Caribbean's Quantum of the Seas? Just I have to admit that I was really excited by a lot of these innovations. You know, with new cruise ships, it's always a matter of let's one-up the uh, the last one um, and try to do something different. But this has enough really innovative, fun um and worthwhile features like the Internet, if it, if it is as fast as they promise it will be, that will really be a game changer. Overall, I think the ship is going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, first-time cruisers will be attracted to it, and um, existing cruisers will, will think it's really fun, too. If you want to check out this article, The Ten Coolest Things on Quantum of the Seas, just head to the show notes at cruiseradio.net. We've been talking to editor-in-chief of Vacation Agent Magazine and cruise beat writer for TravelPulse.com. Teresa norton Massick, thank you, my dear. Oh, thank you, Doug. It's always a pleasure. And as always, those sincerity workshops are really paying off. 
<laughs> this segment brought to you by LuggageForward.com. To experience doorstep to stateroom luggage delivery, visit LuggageForward.com. Use promo code CRUISERADIO for 5% off your first booking. We always enjoy getting your listener questions. If you have one, just email comments at CRUISERADIO.net or hit us up on Facebook, Facebook.com slash CRUISERADIO. Stuart, Devin asks or says, we were unloading our car at Port Miami a few weeks ago and had four bags total. I gave the porter a dollar for each bag, and he told me this was not sufficient, and the charge was $2 per bag. I went ahead and paid the $2 per bag because I didn't want my bag to wind up on the wrong ship. What are the tipping guidelines for curbside porters on embarkation day? Well, it's a good question, and the answer is there are no guidelines. Okay. Uh, The porter was absolutely uh, outside his uh, purview to essentially be demanding Mm -hmm. uh, $2. There, There is no charge. It's essentially it's whatever you want to give him, uh, you know. I mean, all they're doing is they're just taking your bags from the car and then throwing them in a bin, and then then you have a uh, you know a, a forklift that comes and picks up the container, takes it to the ship, puts it on the ship. It's not like the old days where a lot of times these porters for twenty bucks could take it right to your cabin. Right. Um, so this this guy was out of line. Uh, you were you were you were right in the sense of look, you could have just said uh, I want someone else to help me. And gone in that direction, but uh, you know, just for and this is at any port. If you have a question for Stuart, email comments at cruiseradio.net or hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash cruiseradio. Been talking with Stuart Cheer on the cruise guy, uh, cruiseguy.com. Thank you, man. My pleasure, Doug. Thank you, Stuart. That'll do it for this episode of Cruise Radio. Once again, thank you so much for being here. Uh, without you, I couldn't do what I do. Also, thank you, Teresa Norton Massick from Vacation Agent Magazine, Stuart Chiron, the cruise guy, for checking in, and you, of course, for being here. Be sure to check us out online, cruiseradio.net. We have a new player there on our homepage. You can actually listen to past episodes very, very easily. Uh, also, hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash cruiseradio. From the InsureMyTrip.com mobile studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Doug Parker, and this is Cruise Radio. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the InsureMyTrip.com studios. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.